Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. And now, here is Reverend Vera O'Brien with a sermon today, Peace Treaty Two. Peace seems in short supply in our world these days. I was shocked at the end of last year to hear that there had been more mass shootings in the United States than actual days of the year. And that trend, unfortunately, has continued this year. I started thinking about how easy it is to feel helpless, to feel paralyzed, to even feel numb in response to the ongoing reporting about violence in our world. Then I started looking into the facts about the shootings, and what was even more shocking to me is that many well-respected experts have determined that most of the shootings were motivated by personal disputes, not politics, religion, or ideology. Many of the most egregious acts of violence this year in the category of mass murders were actually family disputes or disputes between friends that ended with three or more victims. I found this to be even more shocking. Family disputes or disputes between friends. While most of us may not feel we have the skills or resources to have a major impact on world peace or terrorism or on random acts of public violence, we certainly do have the ability, perhaps much more than we realized, to influence peace in our own relationships and thereby our own communities and perhaps then to even help reverse this trend of senseless violence. The title of this sermon, Peace Treaty, came from Thich Nhat Hanh's book titled Anger. The subtitle is Wisdom for Cooling the Flames, and I highly recommend it to you. He proposes that in the face of the anger that naturally arises in our relationships, that a peace treaty be created, even put in writing, between partners, parents and children, friends, any of our closest, dearest relationships, when those relationships need to be repaired, or as we read together, when we need to forgive ourselves, forgive each other, and begin again in love. He describes such a peace treaty as a treaty of true love and encourages us to develop a peace strategy to arrange for our own personal peace talks when we find that a close relationship is suffering. He even provides language for us to use when we are struggling with restoring peace, suggesting, darling, I love you. I am angry and I am suffering. 
I'm doing my best. I'm trying not to blame anyone else, including you. I need your help to get out of this anger, this suffering. Please help me. If you're already thinking it's no use, my partner, my parent, my child, my friend, they'll never change, that would never work, let's talk. We say as Unitarian Universalists that we promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. But how many of us can honestly say we do this? Every person, truly, even our enemies? Yes, we all have enemies if we're honest about it. Or you might prefer the term difficult people in our lives. Drawing again on Buddhism, I find over and over that when the Dalai Lama teaches, he powerfully reframes our common experiences and helps us to put our UU beliefs into action. For example, consider this approach to problematic people in one's life, or maybe even in one's congregation. The Dalai Lama says, if you can cultivate the right attitude, your enemies are your best spiritual teachers because their presence provides you with the opportunity to enhance and develop your capacity for compassion and through that altruism. So even for the practice of your own spiritual path, the presence of the enemy is crucial. I can personally attest to the transformative nature of working at this practice. I found myself becoming truly grateful for certain enemies in my life, and this transformed me and somehow healed the relationships. In a prior career, I worked for someone who I found it very difficult to be around. I was often in lengthy meetings with him, and I would try to practice being grateful for him and to be more compassionate. I would breathe and imagine that like all of us, he wanted to be happy in his life. I would acknowledge that even if I didn't know the details, that like all of us, he had suffered in his life. And I would consider that we were more connected than separate. I would wish him well. And I'll be honest, at, this, at first, this practice was very difficult. But it got easier, and since we were together a lot, I had lots of time to practice. Something changed, and our relationship really improved. I imagine that what changed was me. I was more open-hearted, and I suspect he sensed that and responded. I encourage you to try to appreciate the family members, the coworkers, the neighbors who are presenting you with the opportunity to be more compassionate. Similarly, Thich Nhat Hanh says, it is wrong to think that if the other person does not change or improve, then nothing can be improved. There are always ways to create more peace, joy, and harmony, and you have access to them. He says, the way you walk, the way you smile, the way you breathe, all of this is very important. You must begin with this. He reminds us that we must begin with our own sense of peace. 
Maybe the new season that is approaching, this new academic year that will be with us in no time, is the time to take new steps towards your own inner peace. You know what you have been thinking of doing for your own well-being. If not now, when? One of the regrets I hear all the time at the hospital, when people are at the end of their lives, or when someone has died unexpectedly, is the regret of unreconciled relationship. Why wait to repair a damaged relationship? And perhaps we might find ways to be the catalyst for the repair of other relationships. Once upon a time, two sisters lived side by side. They both owned farms. One grew the sweetest grapes for miles around. The other raised vegetables. A small creek ran between the two farms. For decades, the sisters were as close as they could be. Folks in town said if you ever saw one sister, the other was always nearby. They shared life together, meals, tools, stories. Their children played together in the creek. Life was peaceful. Then one day they had a disagreement. It wasn't about much, but they could not resolve it. Slowly the disagreement became an argument and bitterness set into each sister's heart. Then they stopped communicating entirely. One day, a sister answered a knock at the door. There stood a carpenter. Hello, ma'am, I'm looking for work. Do you have anything that needs building? Yes, I do, replied the sister. She pointed to her sister's farm next door and said, that farm belongs to my sister. We were best friends, but she has suddenly become unreasonable, and I can no longer stand the sight of her. I would like you to build a tall fence between our properties so I don't have to look at her. The carpenter replied, okay, I understand your need. I think I know exactly what to do. And so he set to work. The sister decided to do her weekly shopping so she would not be in his way. When she returned, she was shocked to see that the carpenter had not built a fence, but instead constructed a beautiful bridge across the creek. It was sturdy and wide, with gracefully carved handrails and posts. Before she could object, her sister came out of the house and also saw the bridge and said, I have been so foolish. How could I have forgotten? You have been the most loving person in my life. I'm so lucky that you are my sister. And she started across the bridge. The sister rushed across to meet her in the middle. Both apologized, hugged, kissed, and maybe cried a little. They turned to the carpenter who had known exactly what to do. They wanted to do something nice for him. They said, we have other jobs you can do around our farms. Thanks, but I think I'll be moving on, he said. I've got other fences to build. Opportunities abound right here at ASC. 
The ASC Transformation Team is sponsoring a bridge building opportunity by leading us in uncomfortable conversations. The ongoing conversations about developing or expanding an anti-racist worldview. There will be monthly opportunities for this important work. And on September 18th, we have the opportunity to visit the Islamic Center of Boston and to create new relationships to build a bridge between our communities. So in addition to our own peace treaties with those we love, in addition to our own work on our own inner peace, may we all watch for opportunities to build bridges instead of fences wherever reconciliation is needed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.